Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, episode three, season two. We are so excited to be here to talk all things NFL. Guys, what about that? We've just come off the back of an incredible wildcard weekend of playoff football, and I don't know about you, but it just consumes my life uh, this time of year. Uh, have to watch every minute of every game, and uh, we've certainly got some stories to talk about. And let's just jump straight into our listener question, and it's exactly that. Uh, so, Beck, Stacy, Alex, and Dan, uh, what was your takeaway from wildcard weekend? Who was your standout uh, performer? Uh, Beck, going to start with you. Yeah, I think I have to go um, straight to the box and Tom Brady. I think um, coming into this week, we kind of were, were unsure on what Eagles team was going to show up and how the Bucks were going to compete with them, whether they were going to choke or whether they were going to dominate. And, I mean, Tom Brady just come out and was Tom Brady. And him and um, Rob Gronkowski together, like we've said it before, it's just like watching them play backyard football. Like it just seems too easy for them and it's not fair, but quite impressive by him. And I think he's going to keep impressing us throughout the playoffs. Yeah, this Tom Brady, Phil, I don't, I don't know much about him, but he seems to be a, a pretty decent footballer. But, uh, yeah, could you imagine if this could turn into something? Uh, I mean, eight Super Bowls, you just can't even can't even imagine it. But um, still a lot of work to do, but definitely impressive. Um, definitely impressive there from Tom Brady. Uh, look, for me, my standout performer was Debo Samuel. Uh, I mean, Alex has been talking about Debo all year um, throughout all, all of season one last year. So go back and have a bit of a listen. But... You know, I think what's most impressive about Debo is that, you know, he is arguably one of the one of the best wide receivers in the competition at the moment, but his ability to kind of, I guess, change the way that he plays to fit into the Kyle Shanahan system and almost be like a dual running back at, at, as well, it's just been outstanding and it's definitely given them uh, an edge in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously the controversy uh, in the Dallas game, it was an unbelievable contest, but, yeah, having a guy like Debo... Um, definitely helps you um, progress through the playoffs. Um, Stacey, what about yourself? Another big round of playoffs. Probably not the uh, the result we wanted as Patriots supporters, but uh, what was your standout uh, over the weekend? Yeah, look, I'm going to have to go back to where I've been for the entire season is, is how about those Bengals? Like, I mean, texting wasn't even invented when the Cincinnati Bengals won their last playoff. So this was the first time in history everyone could ever text someone and go, hey, the Bengals won a playoff game. So I think that's pretty special. But, uh, you know, Joe Burrow was just, you know, a, a different beast. He's so composed with someone so young and his connection with Jamar Chase, like I've been saying it all all season, it's just, it, it's it's next level and it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's good to sort of pick out things that are just not normal. And, and I think, you know, you look at the Dallas Cowboys game, you look at someone like Dak Prescott and he just looks spooked for one, two, three quarters. And, and then you compare that to Joe Burrow, who is still basically a rookie given his injury situation, you know, coming back from the ACL. And he was just, he was outstanding. He was elite. And, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Bengals. Definitely, definitely deserved uh, that victory. Uh, Alex, uh, yeah, what was your big takeaway from the wildcard weekend? The refs have to be better. And, like, when they go up to New York, they have to be better because I will say this, in the Bengals-Raiders game, there were moments where the refs dictate the game. When you're in playoff situations and it's do or die, it's win or lose, you go home, you stay, whatever. 
the refs have to be better. And I've been saying that all season. The refs have not been good this season as far as I'm concerned. I think there have been some major plays that have dictated some certain stuff. So I would like to see the rest of the postseason have better officiating. And just, if like, I understand when you go to New York, it's a very different scenario. They're only watching things. You know, are they listening to the tape? Is the whistle getting where it needs to be? Like, are they hearing the right thing? And I get that there's pieces and parts to it that, that, that aren't there, but I think the officiating on the on the ground has to be better as far as missed calls and calls that just aren't there because I think they're in a situation. I think there was a moment with the Raiders where that touchdown for the Bengals should not have happened, in my opinion. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel like it should have and people that shouldn't, and that's either or. You sit on whichever part of the fence you want for that one. Either side doesn't matter. But for me – the officiating has to be better across the board. It needed to be better in the regular season and it needs to be top notch in the postseason. Yeah, definitely something they need to look at over the off season. And, you know, an easy fix is to make these guys full time. I mean, the fact that Johnny referee, you know, works part time at Walmart during the week, it, it just blows my mind. A billion dollar uh, empire and we've got part time officials. We need to yeah, definitely they definitely need to look at that in the off season. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're a little bit biased here at Mojo, and we love all, all games, but you, know, you, you look at some of these feature games we're going to talk through, and they are absolute blockbusters. Alex, let's let's have a look at the uh, one of the AFC clashes, uh, one of our big feature games here. The Buffalo Bills coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's a little bit predictable that both of these these teams would get here, but you know they haven't necessarily had it all their own way throughout the season. They've sort of come up against you know their own challenges, but you know they've started to sort of turn it on at the right time. Yeah, definitely. I think when we were looking at the Chiefs mid part midway the season, I wouldn't have said that they were going to be here <laughs> playing in this AFC game. Um, yeah, I think their defenses carried them when they needed to because I think their offense really slid halfway through the season. Um, but I think with teams like this, if you're going to peak at any point, you peak about two weeks for the regular season and then you peak in the postseason. And I think that's what the Chiefs – I think that's what the Chiefs know how to do. I think they know how to peak at the right time when you look at kind of last year making the Super Bowl and the year before and winning the Super Bowl. I think they just peaked – when they needed to at the right time. And maybe that's the formula. Maybe that's their plan. You know, they go, well, we're going to play mediocre up until week 16, and then we'll switch on guns blazing and everybody else can have have a ball. Yeah, Beck, I I don't know if if boredom is is too harsh, but there's definitely, to Alex's point, there's definitely like a bit of complacency to the Chiefs. And maybe that's because you've got Travis Kelsey, uh, you've got Patrick Mahomes, where, you know, in, in... in reality, you know you're a playoff quality football team, but you've still got to get through this this regular season, and and that definitely felt the case. But also too, um, and and Alex definitely touched on it, the transformation of this defense. I mean, we absolutely we whacked them at the start of the season because they were one of the league's worst, and you know obviously bringing in a few players, um, sorting out a few injuries. But I, I think ultimately it was coaching that turned around this defense, and that's definitely been you know one of the biggest factors here for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's been an interesting season for them. Or like you said, an interesting couple of seasons, watching them kind of go from being mediocre to great and then, you know, 
balling out at the right time. And it could be, like Alex said, a, a game plan of them theirs because, you know, no team really wants to go undefeated the entire season because that means that a loss is coming at the wrong time. So maybe they plan their losses and they're like, we'll lose a couple of games here and we'll, we'll win, you know, throughout the back end of the season so we're ready for playoffs. It could be a game plan. But, yeah, we did. We trashed their defense because watching last year's Super Bowl, that's not a Super Bowl defense. That's not the defense that you want to be taking into a game when you're going into a Super Bowl. So they definitely did a lot of work off season. They, you know, recruited some big players. They worked really hard during training and obviously the coaches are, you know, phenomenal to have turned this defense around and made them into something that ended up carrying this team throughout the season. I think it's nice to see them have a run game outside of Mahomes. I think that I think that was something they were really missing because I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts where when you watch Mahomes move out of the pocket, right, it, it takes about a year or two to learn how to defend that. And I think when they kind of went, well, we're just going to defend Mahomes, you know, in the run game because I don't really have one um, for the Chiefs to kind of, you know, have McKinnon go off the way he did. I mean, you know, 61 yards probably isn't, you know, like a big game for running backs, but I, I would say it's a big game for for a running back as far as on the Chiefs are concerned because Mahomes happy to run the ball. So it's nice to see him alleviating that pressure off himself. And I think that makes a huge difference to him being really comfortable back there in that quarterback position. Yeah, Stacey, let's, uh, let's dive into this quarterback uh, in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, because – now, now that now that we've seen a, a few years of this guy, if we look back, how did this guy ever lose a game of football? Because he is absolutely outstanding, elite. I mean, you look at his stats from the Steelers game, and he was just—I mean, it was Madden. Uh, Thirty from thirty-nine, four hundred uh, plus yards, five touchdowns. It was—it's amazing. But probably something that has crept into his game this year has been his interceptions. I mean. You know, pre-interception Mahomes over the last couple of years, completely unstoppable. But there has been moments where, you know, defences have been able to get to him, apply a little bit of pressure. And, you know, there is a little bit of a weakness there if Buffalo can, um, you know, can try and, I guess, apply some pressure. Yeah, and I think too, because, you know, the Kansas defence finally started to step up, but the, the weight wasn't all on his shoulders. And I think that really played a part with his turnovers, his poor decision-making. It was, I think he felt like it was just all on him, um, especially not having uh, Clyde Elbert-Zolaire um, and missing a couple of key players during the first half of the season. But, I mean, the kid's amazing, and, and he has been since, you know, since he's ever had a football in his hand basically so it's nice to see him back to his old self um yeah but I think that he's still he's still not at his ceiling which is also really exciting and Beck, we just sorry Beck, I just want to um throw to you quickly because I want to make sure we give the plug to Travis Kelsey I mean we were speaking about off air about I, I, I that amazing performance against Pittsburgh but I'll let you have it talk to us a little bit about Kelsey because um you know sometimes he just has to remind us that hey, I'm still the number one tight end in the game. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was incredible. He is incredible. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts about how Patrick Mahomes may be as good as he is because he does have Kelsey, right? Like when he is scrambling out of that pocket and he's got nowhere to go, Kelsey is always there. But just the tight ends in this league at the moment are insane in themselves. Like we're just seeing a new style of athlete. Like they're just getting so open in the middle of the field, downfield, like they're just everywhere. And Travis Kelsey is definitely the, like I feel like he is the best at the moment because he's just putting on a show every time we watch the Chiefs play. He is a standout player on the field and he's showing us that he can do anything. Like he threw for a touchdown in a playoff game. Like you don't see many tight ends doing that. It's uh, He's definitely got some style about him, that's for sure. All right, Alex, let's talk about their competitors, the Buffalo Bills. And, 
Yes, me, me and Stacey are still wounded uh, after the New England Patriots got absolutely trounced. It was just embarrassing, by, by and the, it was sad. It was uh, it was a difficult it was a difficult game to watch, but uh, but Alex, let, let's start with the quarterback because um, you know I, I've got to respect greatness when I see it, and uh, it starts with that first touchdown pass that Josh Allen was able to produce, and it's something that. I can't see a weakness in his game at the moment. I don't think he's ever been playing at a high level, but his ability to, I guess, create time and space. I think he's, I think his touchdown pass uh, to to open that playoff game was about nine and a half seconds. He held the ball for. Um, it, it's just, it's very, very difficult. I mean, even if the defense is perfect, Josh still has the ability to kind of escape and make something happen. Um, he, he's, he's, he epitomizes what a playmaker should be at the quarterback position. Yeah, he definitely does, and I think it's a testament to kind of like his development as a quarterback, the system that he's under. I think the system really allows him to excel um, because he's a, like you wouldn't really put him as a mobile quarterback, but he is a mobile quarterback because he's not afraid to run the ball. And when he runs the ball, he's getting a first down and then some, but also like he's a tough guy to hit too. Cause I mean, he's a tall guy, he's a big guy. So you know, you, you got to imagine some defenders going, well, are you going to get him or am I going to get him? But also there's probably the hesitation of going, if I hit him, do I get penalized? So like, it's kind of a tough one too, because if you come in the wrong angle on the quarterback, you know, I understand he's not in the pocket, so he's fair game at, at that point, but yeah, it's got to be a tough one, but he's just fun to watch. I mean, he was 21 for 25 in the previous game, 308 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. So for him to have that sort of game in the postseason. But also for the Bills to have seven receivers who had double digits. I think that's a testament to their receiving core. Because, like, when you look at some teams, you go, okay, well, you're their kind of main receiver. And you're their main running back. Whereas when you have the Bills, and I think this is what makes them hard to defend, especially as far as when you're a secondary, is you kind of go, well, if I take Knox away, that leaves Diggs, McKenzie, and Davis. If I take digs away that leaves Knox McKenzie Davis Sanders so there's it's hard to absolutely defend everybody because at some point you're gonna leave somebody open and I think when they're in the red zone Knox is their go-to guy and why not I mean as Beck said tight ends are just kind of the 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 best position to be right now as far as playoff football and I think too like like you're saying Alex is you know, you take away all their receiving options and then you still leave Josh Allen open. And not only is he going to run it down your throat, he might hurdle you at the same time. It's uh, it's a level of athleticism that uh, I can't uh, I can't personally relate to and, and something we certainly haven't seen in a while. Uh, Beck, let's talk about team building because um, this Buffalo Bills team have had a clear strategy in terms of the way in which they built their team through Sean McDermott. And, and it's not a surprise. You know, there is an absolute sweet science behind how this franchise has been built. And to be honest, it's been built to compete against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, when you're coming up against Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, when you're trying to compete for this AFC title, um, you know, you've got to have, uh, I guess, the defense in place to be able to counter if we look at Buffalo Bills' uh, defensive plays, it just feels like there was a decade there where they just, every first-round pick was a top five-star defender. And uh, look, they're absolutely stacked on the defensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, hats off to their general manager, who's obviously done a really get, great job getting out there, scouting college players, really knowing what the team needs in like for their future depth and really building on that. Like I said, it's taken them a while to get there and they've done it quite slowly. But I think that sometimes it's the best way to, to do it because then you have players that are sticking around for a long period of time. So you are good for a good amount of time rather than just being a great defense for a season here or there. The Bills have done it really smart and, um, yeah, in a really good way. And their coaches are obviously doing a great job too because this defense is just insane. I have to admit I was a little bit worried when they lost Tredavious White uh, just because him and Micah Hyde were like the best pairing, I think, defensively across the entire league. And I was curious to see how they'd bounce back from that. But, I mean, seeing Micah Hyde and that interception, that was, oh, my God, it was just perfection it was poetry in motion it was it was just the most perfect play that I think I've ever seen from a safety and you know that definitely took all the doubt out of my mind yeah and I think that shows the depth that they have over there at the Bills around their coaching and their recruiting and their you know drafting like they've done such a good job that when they do lose such a big player that they're able to put someone in there that can step up and fill that gap and it not be missing a beat like their defense is still dominating the chiefs are definitely going to have to uh yeah strap that chin straps because they uh they're going to be in for a very physical game and just a couple more points uh buffalo struggled to run the ball for most of the season they're starting to get that together uh devin singletary who's had a little bit of attention on him he's starting to run the ball a little bit better uh which is great and then stefan diggs continues to make great plays so i think that that's a that's a big part of this but look this is going to be a great clash no sitting on the fence. Uh, time to pick a winner. This is going to be a very, very difficult one to pick, uh, as are most of the games this week uh, in the playoffs. Alex, going to start with you. Um, I think just as like a whole, as far as defense, run game, pass game, I think the Bills are going to edge out. And just because I think the Bills have, like, this is a repeat of last year's AFC game as well. So it's, 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 um, huh? Like a redemption game for the Bills. It's like a redemption game. And I think the way that they start off against the Pats and the way they kind of start off those kind of big win games is they strike first. I think if they strike first, that'll get their confidence fine. Um, I think their defense is is where where it needs to be. I think that O-line's got to protect them. If you look at the game last time they played, uh, that O-line allowed four sacks. So, you know, you, you got to be mindful of that. But against the Pats this past this past game, they allowed zero. So clearly they're doing something right to protect Dodge Allen. Um, so for me, I'm going to go Buffalo Bills just because I don't want to, I don't want to see the Chiefs back in the playoffs and I have Bills going to the, it's, going to the Super Bowl. So it's yeah. incredible that at the divisional round of the playoffs, that one of these teams is going to be eliminated. It, it's just, it, it's hard to, hard to imagine. Look, uh, Buffalo for me as well. Um, not with a lot of confidence. I think this is going to be one of the games of the season. One little uh, note to keep an eye on is the, uh, I guess the, the injury situation uh, in regards to the Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, again, if the Chiefs can continue to build on their running game and, and really build that into their offense, I, I think that could uh, that could give them a really good shot. But um, yeah, I, I cannot tip against Josh Allen at the moment. Um, Stacey, again, you come off that uh, that bruising encounter uh, for our beloved Patriots. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts in this one? Yeah, look, I mean, they played a perfect game. Like on every drive they scored and uh, from a 
a statistical standpoint, it was a, a perfect game. So, I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Bills on this one, but I think it's going to be really interesting because when you've got two teams with two tight ends that are just as, um, you know, involved in the offense as Kelsey and Dawson Knox, it means that their defense is used to defending that. So how they utilize, you know, Stefan Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie, I think it's going to be a really, really big component of their offense. And if their defense can hold out, then I think that they should be fine. So I'm with Alex here. I'm seeing Bills for the Super Bowl. Beck, we don't often get clean sweeps on this show, and we certainly don't often get clean sweeps against Patrick Mahomes. But uh, here we are. The mic is yours. Yeah, I'm making it a clean sweep. I mean, both these teams have showed great growth since last season, but I think the Bills have just shown a little bit more throughout the season than the Chiefs have. And so I think they're kind of, they're ready to make that next step and to go into the next championship game rather than the Chiefs. I think the Bills kind of, I I feel like they deserve it a little bit more. I, I don't know what it is about watching them play this year, but I feel like they've just really shown that they're the better team, and I think they're going to come I out. Think and it's the better. consistency there, Beck. Like yeah, they've been I'm... consistent all season, and you want to see that pay off as opposed to the Chiefs who struggle, have come up against it. I mean, there's two sides to this story, and the narratives are both great. 100%. Uh, definitely one to watch. All right, guys, let's jump over now to the NFC. And again, you talk about blockbusters. We see the San Francisco 49ers who come off a very emotional uh, win against the Dallas Cowboys. They're coming up against the Green Bay Packers. Alex, I'm going to throw it straight to you because you're a Green Bay expert there. You've got a lot of uh, expertise uh, watching this team in your conference there um, against Chicago. Uh, my first question is, talk to us about this round, this first round bye. Um, what's your predictions here? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Because, you know, the ability to rest up players, uh, but also that risk of being rusty in that first quarter. Um, these playoff games, your ability to, to, to start fast just seems to be so important. Yeah, I, I don't know if, I think coming off a bye week, they're going to start slow. I don't know if Green Bay is necessarily that team that comes off a bye week and you know comes out guns blazing. I think it takes a minute, especially since I think they're trying to get some major injured players back into the groove for postseason, and I think that's going to come with some rust. Um, and my, my big cons- my big red flag for Green Bay is the fact that Devontae Adams is pretty much their only receiver as far as kind of defending the secondary defending, right? I think he's got over 1,100 yards for the regular season, and he's been targeted 169 times. The next person below that is Alan Lazard, who's only had 513 yards. That is a big, big difference. So I think when you're looking at kind of postseason and you're looking at your gameplay and you're kind of going, well, what do we have to lose if we just shut down Devontae Adams? I think that's going to take a minute for Green Bay to maybe adjust if the 49ers can do that. Um, but, yeah, I just, I hate that I got to talk about Green Bay. Yeah, it's, it, it, it definitely hurts you. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, though, whether they can shut down Devontae Adams, right? Because we haven't really seen many teams do it all season. Like, it's been a struggle for defenses. So even though he is their only receiver, he's the best receiver and he's quite hard to cover. So, you know whether these 49ers can do that or not will be the tale of the game, right? Like, I think too, like obviously how Nick Bosa comes, like if he comes good, I think that's going to be a huge, huge gameplay factor to shutting down Aaron Rodgers. And Fred Warner. You need Fred Warner in there as well. To have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner kind of questionable, I think is going to be an iffy one for the 49ers defense. But again, the people that came in and played for Bosa 
and Warner when they went out in this past game, they still stepped up. So I, I think, I don't know. It, it's Rogers seems to be able to pull out stuff when he needs to, and he just gets stuff done when he needs to, which is really frustrating to say personally as a Bears fan. Um, it's just annoying to be honest, but I think, yeah. What do they do if you take out Devonte Adams? I was going to say, let's not underestimate the ability of Aaron Rodgers, who had one terrible game at the very start of the season, but that has then since showed us an MVP kind of season with the one receiver that he does have. So he does have this crazy ability to just make plays with that one receiver. I mean, their tight end is quite impressive as well. What's his name? Um, is it Crosby? That's their kicker. Oh, who's their tight end? They have a good tight end too. I can't think of his name at the moment, but he's quite a decent tight end as well that can get open if um, Aaron Rodgers needs him. And their running game isn't terrible either. I mean, and, and you know, Alan Lazard, like he's been my clutch kind of guy um, for this, well, for the last couple of seasons. But, I mean, Aaron Jones is, and AJ Dillon, like as a duo from a running back perspective, like they're kind of so interchangeable that you don't really notice when one goes and the other one comes back in, which I think is really good. Um, but, I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers is just playing with a chip on his shoulder and that's just dangerous. I don't know. I don't care which way you look at it. I feel like Bach is really struggling to talk about good about the Packers right now. Like she just doesn't want to say anything good. No, I don't. I mean, I got to give props. Like, they have got experience as far as, like, postseason and Super Bowl winners on that team. So, I think when you've got – when you see actually quite a few players, and especially Randall Cobb being back in this team who was part of that Super Bowl winning team for Green Bay, like, they've got the experience there that I don't think the 49ers have. And I think if you're going to see an edge out somewhere, it's going to be that postseason experience and it's going to be that finals experience where I think Green Bay might be able to utilize that – that to their advantage a bit more. Yeah, and it's been a it's been a different year for Aaron Rodgers as well because uh, Devonta Adams and, and Adams and his combination has been out of this world. But you know Rodgers hasn't been spectacular in his plays. He's kind of did it a different way, and you'd have to go back and sort of watch a lot of these games and sort of break down the film to sort of see what I mean. He's been unbelievably consistent, very very careful with the football, very very productive. But um, yeah, he sort of he's done it a different way. So I think part of that, um, to Stacey's point earlier, is the ability to run the football. Uh, and that's something that they've been able to do quite well. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting there. Um, but, Alex, just quickly, just to give us some names to some of those players that's coming back. How, how about this? Bakhtiari, obviously, you know, snuck back in that week 18, so that, that puts him in a really good position. Um, you've got Billy Turner, who looks like he'll be rejoining uh, the offensive line. But how's this for some of the defensive players that are coming back? Uh, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, I mean... It, they're almost going to transform their defense in one week. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting when it comes to the Packers. And, you know, they had a great regular season. All right, guys, let's flip it over and talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Where to start, what to talk about. But, you know, one particular player back that I did want to sort of call out is their little running back, Eli Mitchell. Because, again, you, you think about playoff football and – you know, there are some teams that come in and they, they play this flashy football, but at the end of the day, to win playoff games, you've got to be able to run the ball, got to be able to play physical. This kid is outstanding. So for me, when you look at the 49ers, we've spoken about Debo, uh, Debo Samuel's ability to kind of run the ball as well. But um, yeah, let's start with the 49ers rushing attack because um, yeah, it's been special all year and will definitely be a big factor here against Green Bay. 
Yeah, I think Eli Mitchell started the season a little bit slow, but I think that came down to the coaches and the play calling and, you know, the forming the team as it was coming out through throughout the season and planning around that. But then I think they started to get into a groove and create a more dominant running game and include him a lot more into the plays and, you know, chose to run the ball more than possible with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think it's really allowed him to come out and shine and show what he can do with the ball and how, yeah, like how incredible he is as a running back. And not to mention the fact that he is a dominant running player, but also we're adding Debo Samuel in there as the number two running back to kind of change up the pace and mix it up a little bit against these defenses. So they have no idea what's coming at them between those two players. It's insane. I mean, and then you you mix that with Kyle Shanahan's crazy offensive schemes, right? Like you just actually don't know what you're going to get. Like they're lining up in a bunch formation and then you get a motion and then all of a sudden Devo Samuel's halfway down the field and catching the ball for a touchdown. I think like <clears throat> if the Packers have studied a lot of tape, which I'm assuming that they're going to because it's playoffs, why wouldn't they? Um, I still think that Shanahan has something up his sleeve because he's just that kind of coach. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some crazy, crazy stuff happen from an offensive perspective. I think he has to. With Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, I don't think he'd have a lot of confidence with the passing game going into this game against an experienced Packers defense. So I think Kyle Shanahan is definitely going to have to come out and mix it up a little bit and definitely show this defense some different fronts and really, really test them against the offense. Alex, we're um, we're going to jump into predictions in a second, but I definitely want to, yeah, as Beck was uh, talking about, the biggest I guess, challenge for the 49ers comes in the way of their quarterback in Jimmy G. So what I want you to do is I want you to take your Chicago Bears hat off for a second. I want you to pretend just for a second that you're a 49ers fan. I mean, how are 49ers fans feeling at the moment? I mean, you're flying, you're in the playoffs, you beat the Dallas Cowboys, but you've got this quarterback who, as as all of the media has said quite well, he just throws these random interceptions at the worst possible times. Anyway, take it away. How are 49ers fans feeling at the moment? Because, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone can quite work out Jimmy G, including his coach. I don't know if I'd be still standing because I'd be holding my breath too long as far as he's concerned. Like, it's just – he's good on the short routes. Like, anything short, he's actually not that bad. But anything where they're, like, third and long or they've got to get some distance on him – I think that's that's a big crutch for him. Anything where he gets pressure in the pocket again is a huge is huge issue for him. Um, so I think for them, that O-line has got to protect him. They have got to make sure that he has the time in the pocket that he does because if he starts to move, he's just not good. Um, he's He can't get set on the throw. It's not fun to watch. It's you, Again, you hold your breath when he releases the ball when he's on a – when he's running out and you're like, oh, my gosh, please. Just don't and let it can- get – like. And he can Throw play it out well. of bounds. He can play well for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, he's like, "Okay, playoff game, fourth quarter. Now I'm going to start to take some risks and uh, put my team in a difficult position." Anyway, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting one to watch. Uh, time for predictions for me. I'm going to jump in quickly. I'm going to go Green Bay. Uh, however, I think it's going to be very very close. I think this can come down to the final drive. I think the Packers will start slow. Uh, I think yeah, this is going to be a lot closer than what people uh, think. But Green Bay for me. Alex, thoughts on this? I. <laughs> I'm going to be the like outcast right now and I'm going to go 49ers just because I feel like there's just so much on, like behind them that they could do it. And I feel like Green Bay might come out and be like, we got this. And when they do that, it tends to kind of not work in their favor sometimes. So for me, I think just 
because I would like to see the 49ers just advance. And I think it would be great for Jimmy G because who knows what's going to happen next year. I hope that Bo- my boy Bosa is okay because they're going to need him for sure. But for me, I'm going to put 49ers and I'm going to go field goal. Yeah, well, look, definitely possible. And uh, we, we've got to mention George Kittle as well. He's probably going to have probably one of his most historic performances. You know, he comes up in the clutch in playoffs. So uh, could definitely see it happening. Beck, thoughts on this? This is a tough one because I feel like up until we started talking about it, I was like, the 49ers could definitely win this. Like I'm picking the 49ers. Like I'm thinking, yes, like the last few seasons, their last playoff game, like the last couple of games in the season, they really showed some stamina in some clutch times of the games. Even though Jimmy G isn't the most reliable, they've managed to just get the ball over the line in the last few minutes or seconds of the game. But then I'm like, it's Aaron Rodgers and I've been backing the Packers. Like they've been my Super Bowl tip. Or yeah, so like how do you go against Aaron Rodgers and that experienced offense? Like, oh, it's so hard. But I think I'm going to go go, with my gut and go with my heart and I'm going with Alex and I'm picking the 49ers because I just think they're going to they're gonna pull something out of the hat and just put on a performance. And like you said, the Packers are coming off a bye week. So who knows how they're going to show up this week and what that game is going to look like for them when the 49ers are just riding this high of winning. And when have I ever picked the Packers to win? I support the Bears and anyone who plays against the Packers. So we all know I wasn't picking Green Bay for this one. Yeah, no, we're we, we definitely a little bit of bias there, but uh, no good point. I think, uh, I think there's definitely a chance. Um, Stace, round us out. Uh, again, this is going to be a great clash. Everyone's going to be tuning in. Sam Fran v Green Bay. What's your thoughts? I'm going to split us right down the middle, and I'm going with you, Dan. I'm going to go with the Packers. Just because, like, we saw the 49ers in the Super Bowl and they did not do well under that kind of pressure. So I feel like that kind of pressure could get the best of them. And when you leave Aaron Rodgers to his own devices, like, Alex is going to field goal. I'm going to Hail Mary because, I mean, why the hell not? Like, it's Aaron Rodgers. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Alex, where have you heard this story before? Tom Brady in the playoffs. Let's uh, let's jump in rapid fire as we look at our our two remaining games. And Alex, uh, yeah, you've got the first game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're here again. They're trying to go back to back, but uh, they've got some challenges in their way. Too often you hear Tom Brady in the thing. Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in this one, we see the Bucks take on the Rams. Uh, take it away for this preview. Yeah. Look. Bucks v Rams, like I think this is going to be a close game, just because I think the Bucks again. You got people with playoff experience there. You got Tom Brady, who clearly has Super Bowl experience. You know, Mister, I got seven or eight rings. All right, we get it. Like, fine, whatever. Okay, like he clearly has experience. Gronk has experience. You know, that young defense has experience in Super Bowl as well. So, you know, I think that. <laughs> And when you, as we've talked about before, when you watch Brady and Gronk play, it's like watching backyard football. Like they're just, they're entertaining to watch. And I think when you watch a Super Bowl, yes, you want it to be close, but you also, you're waiting for that entertaining touch, touchdown with Gronk and Brady, and you know it's coming. So you know that's going to happen. But I think for the Rams, I think coming off the win against Arizona, you know, with that one and having to kind of battle in the, in the postseason in that last week, you know, I think. It's going to be an interesting one for them. Um, I just don't think that they 
I think they'll give the Buccaneers a run for their money. I just don't know if they'll be able to hang on to that win. Like, I mean, we saw them when they played the 49ers in the last week, like they went out on the lead and then they lost it. So I don't see that happening with the Bucs. I see the Bucs kind of coming and winning this one, but I do see the defense giving them a run for their money as far as the Rams are concerned. But yeah, I see the Bucs pulling out that one. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting clash there to round out the NFC. All right, Stace, jump in and, uh, yeah, let's have a look now at uh, the AFC as we see your Cincinnati Bengals after your New England Patriots got eliminated, uh, taking on the Tennessee Titans. We spoke a little bit about Green Bay uh, getting that first round by. The Titans are in the same situation, but... You know they're in a little bit. They're in a similar position as in the as the Packers as well because they were desperately trying to rest some really uh, important players, none other than the Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, the fact that he's still holding like records for rushing yards at the moment, and he's been out for however many weeks is just uh, amazing. But I mean, when you're looking at the Bengals and the Titans, I think that the Bengals are more well-rounded. I mean, if I look at, if you look at the Bengals defense, like, uh, you know, their secondary had a game um, last week. And I just think that, you know, Julio Jones hasn't lived up to the hype this year. Uh, AJ Brown's definitely, he's out there. Uh, he's still doing his job. He's doing some good things, but I really like the fact that, um, you know, Dante Foreman has kind of stepped up and seeing how he, kind of sits back and whether Derek Henry is going to come in and, and be a monster. I think that's really going to be the question here. But, I mean, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, you just can't go past that. Joe Mixon can't go past that either. Um, you know, the Bengals tight end, what's his name? Oh, Bengals tight end, what's his name? He's just a beast too. Uh, so it's I just good. think that the, the Bengals' offense is just so multifaceted. That so I, the, um, the, the, the Titans are in a really interesting position because there's a lot of people predicting that they're going to come in and win because they had, you know, a, a weirdly consistent season given all the injuries that they had. But, uh, you know, when it all comes down to it, I think one of the challenges we all have is Ryan Tannehill v Joe Burrows and I mean the Titans are favorite here I mean it's it's just it, it's hard to go against Joe but um yeah there's there's a lot of love out there for the Titans but um yeah what's your prediction on this one going to be tricky um but um yeah a, a really a really important clash in the AFC because this could certainly set up both franchises for not just this year but um you know seasons moving forward yeah definitely I mean the Bengals need it they need this they need to keep this going because I just think that it's such a great narrative I mean the Titans yes uh great team have come so far Tannehill I mean he's definitely been able to step up in those moments but Joe Burrow's just got that x factor and you need the x factor when you're heading to the Super Bowl like if he's going to come up against Tom Brady you need that x factor so I'm going the Bengals on this one all right, guys, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. 
This is Mojo Sports.